yo, you want that raw, tough love where nobody gives a fuck about how you feel? <laughs> that nearest truth without error, because nobody is truly right in this world. You gotta listen to K and K Real Talk. Yeah, we're gonna give you all of the information you need to know about your dancing. K Real Talk. Check us out. Listen to us. But most importantly, do your own research. Hey, real talk. Don't trust nothing we tell you or anybody else. Do your own research. Find your truth. Real talk. Walk that journey with us. We're here to serve you. Baraka Real talk. Hey y'all. Yep. Long time. Honey. We had a nice little break. Um, I had my baby boy. Ew. Yes. Brought a king into this. So it's congrats, been exciting. Congrats, congrats. Painful. Um, for those that don't know, the labor and delivery medical system for black women is atrocious. In the Americas, um, I'm going through a lot with the trying to justify my rights as a woman and not allowing um, substandard um, practices that were performed. Unfortunately, with all my research and all of the um, preparation I've done, I still landed to have the worst midwifery team. So. Mm. <laughs> Um, I think sometimes people go through things for others to learn because I'm such an advocate for home birth and natural deliveries and everyone in my circle um, has managed to have just that because of my horror stories. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like the billy goat (laughs) Um, in the arena of labor and delivery, but it's all good for the sisterhood. Shoot, I'm happy that a lot of my sisters have had that home birth. And I vicariously live that experience through them. Until um, next time. Until next time, if there is. Shall there time. be a next time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> next yes. <laughs> but we are back and we are glad that you um, listeners were interested in filling our sister Sharazad Ali. Yes, honey. The, the listeners are up there. Very high in ratings. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from our listener side on Instagram. Because, um, Kiva, I know you're not on Instagram, but we did get a lot of good feedback on, you know, just, well, we got a lot of congratulations for even having her on the show. Um, but then we got feedback, you know, just like she kind of reinforced what we've already read in her book. And some of the things that we've been practicing. So it was definitely a good show. It was. And it's also a reminder that you will, with elders or whomever, there are going to be some things you agree with and some things you don't agree with. But it doesn't mean you can't sit at the table and discuss the things that are important. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that although Sister Sherazad 
I mean, everything that she shared in that show was pretty um, straightforward and I can say I agree with. However, as we are growing and learning and trying certain things, the practice of just letting the man lead wholeheartedly without even considering the collaboration that truly exists, um, I've been staring away from. <laughs> so uh, how I felt so strong Mrs. Sister Shahrazad Ali's practices in the beginning, now I'm kind of looking at the reality of my life and seeing as so that most of our brothers, they're not in that leadership position. And they're mm -hmm. actually looking for the woman to step up and take over the ranks because they know that they've had the position of power for some time and they just haven't been handling it well. And That's if we okay. go back to our history, um, I hate using the word Africa, but one of the oldest authentic words to describe that land mass is Al-Kebulan. So I'll just start saying Al-Kebulan instead of Africa. Um, during Al-Kebulan power in, um, and when they were the not the controller of the planet, but they definitely, um, the people there, they introduced civilization and and agriculture and just how to live as how we live today. During that time frame, the women were in control. Lineage was carried through the matriarchs. You didn't carry your father's name. You carried your mother's. So we're truly going back to the essence of who we are. Sisters as women, we have to learn how to take on that responsibility in a way where we're not emasculating the man, but we're also um, exercising our leadership and power and ability. So, and, and this you know is very cool for me. Also, have to find the men who don't feel emasculated by simple tasks or you know by simple acts that we're gonna do, right? So, if as we're taking on that role and we are leading that lifestyle, it can't be with a dude who sees that as emasculating just by itself. Like, mm -hmm. step up to your plate too. Be my equal. Mm -hmm. Or be my support. Honey. However way that looks, you know, yeah. that insecurity factor is real. And it's toxic. Support yeah. can be toxic too. We got to we got to um, we got to think offline and come back and um specify <laughs> support is because support is a is a broad word. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad you. I'm gonna put that in my notes for us to have um prepare to explain what support looks like. So that's perfect. When we come back on air, we're gonna explain that because you are so right. Sometimes support in ways can actually be more so draining. And um, not allowing you to grow and move as you would, as you feel in your spirit to do so, but you're trying to compensate for someone else's ideas of what that support should look like on their end, and not what it is that you need on yours. So, I like that you mentioned that. Sometimes, listen, if, if the support is not adequate, should one just appreciate it because you tried, because it's support? What? No, no, no. We got no. to find that. <laughs> well, you know, that leads us to our third book. But, you know, are we operating in code? I can't wait for us to as we get through. <laughs> because it's so Our true. fourth book, sis. We in our third book. Oh, yo, you're right. Our All right. Well, you know what? 
But clarity too, because I wrote so many notes in chapter two. Can you just clarify the page we're starting from? We are starting from 52. All right, perfect. To the end of the chapter. Perfect, because I've written so much on in this book that I did not highlight where I ended um, or began for this for this show. So perfect. Um, but yes, we're excited to come back and we hope you did pick up the book which is The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child, The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child, second edition, um, Dr. Amos N. Wilson. So this brother, he is no longer here with us, unfortunately. And when we invite a psychologist on the show, we'll be someone who honors and loves this brother. So, you know, stay tuned for that, but that will be towards the end of the book, whoever that may be. But I hope you have been reading and doing the work as we are because it is important that we not only listen to this information as entertainment, like, oh, she got a point there. Mm-hmm, that sounds good there. What are you practicing? Because it's good to learn. Like Sister Shavazar said, it's good to keep learning, but you need to start practicing what you're learning. Right. Do what you know. And what we know is that we need to show up better for our kids, for our children, excuse me, not the baby goats, (laughs) for our children. We need to show up for them. And how do we do so? And Dr. Amos Wilson, he goes in debt as to how our poor behavior, as simple it may show up in our lives, if we start tweaking and turning certain things, we can lead our children to a better life or closer to their early demise, which we do not want. Mm-hmm. So starting from page 52, um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he explained how many of the dysfunctions that we have, they're not seen. And he's bringing light to it to say, you know, this is what we need to do for our babies so they can understand that they are not inferior to white children. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And they're not born inferior <laughs> to white children. That inferiority complex only begins around the time when linguistics come into play. Many of our children are not masters of words. So they're not. And that's even- only because we are speaking the enemy's language. Now, mm-hmm. if they carry their ass on to <laughs> another country, that does not speak English, who inferior now? Oh, oh, but you know, the white man, what he do is he forced you, them to learn uh, English. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, he forced you to learn his language. He forced you to learn his religion. He forced you to learn everything about him. Exactly. So he can compete with you then because he can't compete with you the other way. If you maintain your God, your most high, your Yah, if you maintain your language, he can't compete on that world. So he has mm-hmm. to dumb you down into a way for you to be able to um, limit yourself. Because once you believe in or be living in the white man's world without clarity, you'll start to feel you are inferior because the language says so. Mm-hmm. This is the very definition of looking up the word white and black. Black is everything negative white is everything pure because this is his language and they have put us in this inferiority complex but dr amos wilson which is so lovely about his work and study is that he put scientific fact (laughs) he put study and research behind the proof that we are not in this disheveled um lower class 
thinking or level that we are placed there basically based on our poor um, living environments and based on how we um, see our behavioral problems and how we view our racial policies and the things that's going on around us, it will determine, you know, how we come out of it. Some of us live a lifestyle that, you know, I'm from the hood, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And you have those that live in the hood and they study and they research and they're like, nah, this, these people put me here. I need to get the fuck out. <laughs> right. And that's one of the things I did like that he did. And I don't know if he did it on page 52. Um, it's been so long since I didn't read it, but <laughs> he said in, in chapter two, um, he put the responsibility back on the parents, right? Mm-hmm. So even though he addresses that we were essentially put into the environment that we are in, you know that now, okay? What are you going to do with the information that you know? You still have to have some accountability as the parents of these children to correct something and make some kind of change to build better children exactly so i did like how he put that accountability back on the parents ultimately yeah because it is our responsibility we're the only groups of people who have gone through the type of oppression that we have to then come out of it and send our children our prime stop our next generation into their school systems to be Mm -hmm. taught by the very enemy that have placed us in this inferiority position so you know it is the parent responsibility to train and prepare the child to understand the world that is around them and I love he breaks it down he explains that we have three adversely influences that developed the black child during the early years and he said the first one is the schizoid nature of the black existence Mm. you you have the you know where you have black pride parents but then when Susie or Tammy come home excuse me or Shanika (laughs) or Latifah come home um with John and John is a white man there's no quarrels there it's all good. It's all love. You know, that's schizoid nature. How can you it's be- all We're all one people. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's like, what, what, what stand are you on? So that, that very um, not having a clear understanding of who you are, what your plight is, and then you don't give that clarity to your children, it creates a, a world of confusion, which we apparently see is happening he also says that we chronically have a frustrated lifestyle of just being black and you know some of us don't even acknowledge that we come home watch a movie drink a little drink smoke a little smoke and say life is good and we're not good I let my little girl know all the time I'm a slave I don't have control over my time I have to punch him when I don't I have to report to work when I don't want to. I have to be away from you when I don't want to. That's not freedom. Mm -hmm. I have the ability to take care of you, and I'm appreciative of that, and I am thankful for the things that I have. However, I know that there has been a lot taken from me, and what am I going to do about it? And my generation before me hasn't done anything about it. Me and my generation now are becoming aware. Now that you are my seed, you're my daughter, what are you going to do? Because this needs to get done. That needs to be clear to our children. Our babies are going to school with no idea as to why they're learning. If they are going into school understanding, I'm learning all of this shit so I can get our our land back. (laughs) 
because y'all stole from me. That's a different pur- purpose of sitting in class. Right. And tolerating your teachers and your peers because you have a, a mission to accomplish. Um, he also mentioned that there's a restricted nature of the black world and there are restrictions. This whole idea that we keep telling our children, you can be whatever you want to be. Really? Because we all was fed that and got college degrees up the galore and barely of any of us is working in the field. And at what cost? <laughs> and at what cost? We set our babies up to go into adulthood in severe debt. Honey, and severe debt that's so hard to get out of because, like, as you said, how many of us are working in the field that we got these damn degrees in, right? Now, at 18, they ain't gonna give nobody no loan for no house. No. Because that can set you up for wealth, right? That can set you up for having an asset. They ain't gonna give you that. They ain't gonna give you no loan for nothing that's going to set you on your way potentially but oh but you can go to school you could rack up all the debt it don't mm-hmm. even matter whether or not you know what the hell you want to study here take mm-hmm. the loan take the loan yeah. here it is here they it set is. you up they set you up and we bring our and it's because of this schizoid nature because we know what the white man has done to us yeah, we would still pay all this money and send our ch- our children, our babies, to these white schools. These the same amount of money spent there, we could have um pulled together and opened up a laundromat, or pulled together and opened up some type of business that people actually need: making glass, carpet, screens, fans, something that is of need. We don't make anything anymore. This whole, you know, uh, black power, black, you know, black girl magic and all of this stuff, it sounds good. (laughs) But what industry have we been able to monopolize from its raw materials down to its end product? Right. They have got, they have their hands in all of our baskets and we keep being so liberal and so open to let everyone into our business. This is the problem that um, we're facing we're being victimized in both worlds we're victimized in the black world and we're victimized in the white world we have this split personality according to dr amos wilson and um i love how he explains that it is important that we learn to not so much teach the world um about africa what actually he quotes w.e.b du bois who himself had issues <laughs> He felt our people, um, you know, based on the amount of the lack of melanin in their skin, if they had the lack of melanin, that meant that they were the cream of the crop, especially if they had an education, they'll be able to provide for the rest. Which is bullshit because you're still relying on the enemy. Which is schizoid, like he's saying. So that's one thing which further... And hence is the lesson that we have learned, right? That you can't throw the whole man away. Because he quoted W.E.D. Whatever his name is. He quoted w- W.E.B. <laughs> Du Bois. But he did not quote that part, right? He quoted the part he needed. He quoted the part. And he wanted to show the schizoid nature. Because yes. W.E.B. Du Bois mentioned he would not Africanize America. For America has too much to teach the world in Africa. Which is retarded because mm-hmm. the teacher of the world 
Al-Kebulon, not Africa, but Al-Kebulon, was the teacher of the world. So what are you talking about, W.E.B. Du Bois? But it's expected because he was taught in European institutions. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's important that even if we go to these um, European institutions, we need to know enough of our history and where we come from to be able to combat these inferiority complexes. Um, Just so you know, schizoid means a personality type by emotional aloofness and solitaire habits. Yes, and he's using it to describe a psychosocial um, context rather than a psychological context. Exactly. He's not diagnosing you officially, Mm -hmm. but he is saying that this is the general nature of the problem. Yes, because the the Black experience, as it is shown in most TVs, books, magazines, music videos, movies, it doesn't show our true experience, even when it's at its best movie, like one of the movies that I love, Akilah and the Bee. Mm-hmm. Beautiful movie, but it has, it has moments where it goes against the, the essence of us. There's a moment where Akilah speaks ghetto, as her mm-hmm. mentor says. And, you know, she she um, is savvy enough to put him in his place by speaking in his language. However, he downplayed ghetto talk. Like, mm-hmm. it's, that's not a language that you can, you, that you should be able to speak in. I understand that he was trying to explain to her in order for her to win this type of um, game, the white man game, the spelling bee contest that she has to put her mindset in a formal standard English. But don't disrespect the informality of English as far as Ebonics. Right, because you out here talking about Latin and Greek and all the other languages. You acknowledge them with with your head up high and your nose turned too. (laughs) And they were thieves too. They were invaders in Al-Kebulan. You know, everybody learned from the black man and black woman. We were the first people on this earth. There's no one else that can duplicate us but us. The white man, you can put two white folk together as much as you want. They ain't going to produce a black person, period. Period. So who came first, the chicken or the egg? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's the game that they play on us. We don't know the beauty of our start. We see the, the, the horror of our of our current and our past but if you recognize the beauty of our start and how much we contributed to this world one of the major dysfunctions that they the major um, propaganda scheme that they've played on us is that they move us out of the context of history Mm -hmm. to a point that they fabricated and made so many lies about our history that we don't know what is true or false and many of us don't take the time to uncover the lies so we just go along with what is the most that is said about us. <laughs> Whatever's the common trend, that's what it is. No, sometimes you got to think outside the box. And uh, Dr. Amos Wilson, he used that European education for us. And <laughs> we so appreciate him for doing what he has done because he definitely created a world. Um, he definitely explained to us how our um, false messages or just in how we speak and how we articulate information is fucked up and he explained in, in entirety how the black boo, um bougies are the worst of the bunch honey and we know that to be 
He said they're the most schizoid of all. And that's they think that they made it. Yeah. They and think that they are white with black skin. Yeah. They and and not only not not only that, they also spend the least amount of time with their children. Mm-hmm. Because they're chasing the bag. Or they chasing, you know, that um the European lifestyle that they see on television. You know, the mama is somewhere in a salon somewhere. She ain't got no time for her kids because she going to lunch mm-hmm. with her friends and she going, getting her hair and nails done every day. She had to spa all the time. She got everything to do but be bothered with her children. Yeah. He says smooth over by a superficial order in harmony. And that's exactly the lifestyle you just explained. Her lunchtime, her fun time with her friend until she get that nigga wake up call. And then it's like, where do I begin now? <laughs> you know, and it shouldn't take... And that's when they turn to the rest of the black skin family uh-huh. and be like, hey, but um, help me because, you know, we family. Girl, yeah. by. Girl by, exactly. And it, there is a deep sense of guilt, Um, he says, that is carried among the parents' awareness that their child is going to suffer within the black world, which is one of the reasons why they try to omit that experience and they try to, you know, step away from it. However, you can't, uh, I can't, I shouldn't say you can't, but he explains that when you do this, you generate some type of overprotectiveness and overindulgedness or have some type of um, feeling of rejection when you have this and, and you're not comparing this to history and what has happened, you put your children in such an emotional crippled state that they don't know how to compete in this world. Cause you have some parents that they're so, you know, it's like, you know, on edge, like, come on, we got to do it the right way. The way that they set it up, like go to school and get the straight A's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Make sure your hair is straight. Make sure you're talking a certain way. Make sure you wear a certain amount of clothes. Like all the pressures put on the victim to look a certain way for the oppressor so they can be comfortable. Always. And that is that is the fragility of our experience and how we're in this position um, of not finding a way to um, offer some type of discipline direction um, for our kids to understand that they have self-love and they have self-knowledge and they have self-confidence and they have a high self of, uh, of self-image. But if we don't put that within them, the society around them is going to put them in a schizoid state naturally. And um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he's trying to prepare us that if we don't want this to happen to our babies, we better get real and start explaining to them what this, what this looks like on all levels. Mm. One of the things that I love that he mentioned is that some of the um, the least um, of the schizoids are within the low black income community because they see it. They see they have more of a realness within their world than those who are a part of the game of the white man culture. Mm-hmm. And um, he also included, which I like, the low and high income Spanish speaking black folk. Although they don't include themselves. Right. He mentioned that they are also a part of it. And uh, he goes in to explain 
that it is important that as a parent that we begin to put in that strong um, disciplinary guidance within our children that that is helpful because a lot of times within the system that is they make it as so that when you are too much in control that you know you're being overbearing or you're being abusive he's like no the child needs that it's important that they have that otherwise their um their care is your maternal care or paternal care is deteriorated Mm-hmm. And it causes more emotional impairment within a child when they don't have a strong standing parent. And that's where that high income black comes into play because they don't like to discipline their children. They just give their child everything. They don't focus on teaching their children all the things that they didn't know. They focus on giving their children all the things that they didn't have. And then they emotionally and socially, their children are deteriorating. Right. And when it comes to discipline, when it's time to, their form of discipline is depriving them of some of the luxuries that they've provided them with. So I'll take your phone from you or I'll take your car from you. What what the fuck kind of shit is that? You ain't teaching nobody what to do? Yeah. You're not teaching children how to function in the world? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, all right, you took that from me, now what? They don't Mm -hmm. understand how to apply the lesson of what they're doing or what you're trying to teach. Like, and that's where it comes to being honest about your situation. When, you know, if you're going, if you have to work all the time, tell your child, like I tell my, my daughter all the time, she asks, you know, why don't we visit your job? Because I'm home with you. I don't like being, Mm -hmm. I don't like visiting them. I don't even want to see them on my day off. (laughs) You know, that's, sorry. That's just how I feel. I'm, I I like spending Ain't no sorry. Mm-mm, don't apologize for that. <laughs> don't so, apologize for that. So yes, it's it's important that we we figure that out. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson he goes on to explain that it's important that we find a way to support um, black parents, exp- um, support um, each other. But if you find it to be conflicting or there's too much confusion going on with the children as far as whose authority they're following. And, you know, there's some contradictory efforts that's been played. You have to let go. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. And um, he also explains, he, he continuously compare like with high income and low income, but he spent more time on high income because most of the time people feel once a person has success in making money then all else in their world is great and he's shining a flashlight to say no these are the people with the most dysfunctional relationships among parent and child Mm -hmm. and he said that um generally fewer high than low income black parents usually hug and kiss their children they said that high income black children lack pride in their fathers and mothers than do low-income black children, where they see a high, they they love their parents more. I mean, well, I mean, think about it, because in the low-income, hello, you got his love. <laughs> you ain't got nothing else. So what you gonna give? <laughs> like, I can give you a hug. You know, you get a lot more talking to in the low-income home. Uh-huh. You know, you get a lot more of that family time. Um, even you know, 
even when it's a situation where the mother, you know, she's always working or the father's working or the father's, you know, absent or the mother's absent, whatever the case, whatever adult that is around, hugs compensate for the um for the things that they lack, right? And we use comfort as a way to soothe one another. Mm-hmm. But when you got money, you know, many times you feel like money is the means to everything. So that's what you use as your currency in your home too. Yeah. And and so much so in the high income community, um, Dr. Amos Wilson points out that, the, you know, these mothers, they tend to complain most, you know, about everything. They, you know, they complain about not understanding their child or, you know, the dissatisfaction in general of whatever's going on. And they tend to just be annoyed by their child. <laughs> they don't find any enjoyment. And you see this. I mean, it, black folk trying to model after white folk. What do white folk do? As soon as they mm-hmm. have the baby, they got the nanny in the hospital with them. So as yeah. soon as they have the baby, that baby's going directly into the nanny hands. They're not trying to um have a child and, and be there for that child in a way honey they, they ain't trying to get spit up on have they boobs that they didn't pay for be <laughs> damn messed up by mm-hmm. somebody's um gums they like what i ain't got no that i ain't got no milk for you yeah that's the rich rich where they have a nanny and a surrogate mm-hmm then you have the ones that they have their own because they can't afford a surrogate but then they can afford a nanny you know, and then and, and white folk is not the standard because they have a lot of issues among their ranks. Mm-hmm. Money and cars and clothes doesn't mean eternal wealth. So does not. Because these people have a lot of issues with genetics, with having children, a lot of illnesses, a lot of things that they don't share among us. Where even in our low community, when they drink and sip and Kool-Aid all day, they still produce a child that can compete. <laughs> With their mm-hmm. white child at start. At start. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he continues to go on about the black middle class. You know, he tearing them up. <laughs> and he says that, you know, it's systematically due to the fact of the constant rejection and non-acceptance by white middle class that um, stimulates the high, the high um, black um, class to find ways to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And you know this psychological um limbo of confusion, it it creates this black middle class that you know is schizoid in nature. Like we have to, it's like, what are you fighting for? Are you fighting for acceptance just among your tribe, your village, or as your people in your nation and whole? And I must say, I can't, I can't be around white folks too long. Um. And just be okay. I can't sit in their world and laugh and talk all day because their stories and their and their humor doesn't resonate with me. Because right. I carry my foremothers and forefathers on my back. So if you can't if you can't acknowledge if you can't acknowledge the pain and grief that I carry, um, even in a humorous way, <laughs> we're not going to connect. Not for long. Mm-hmm. But imagine you doing that twenty four seven. Like first thing come out your mouth is oh well, well why you gotta go there? Or mm-hmm. well that's old times. That's yeah. how they used to do it. Oh, it's not like that anymore. Oh, I wasn't like that. I'm not like that. Yeah. It creates all the it, problems. 
and create a black black blacks who are constantly alienated um they have behavioral disorders and they tend to have family disorganization because they don't know which side to play and you know it's important that it's better to wherever you whatever you choose to do with your life and time to make money for your children it's better that you know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing versus trying to strip everything about yourself to be accepted by every system that hates you because Mm -hmm. the repercussions of that it doesn't just affect you it affects your home because how you think and what you believe in and what you and how you speak and how you move and act it it pretty much influences those that are around you, your children, your family. And he explained that when there's no support for one's role as a parent and when time is spent with one own family means frustration of career, personal fulfillment, and peace of mind, then the de- development of the child is adversely affected. Because you have some parents, you know, when they go home, and they have work to do they got an attitude at home because they're like i gotta go to work i got things to do i can't be here or i'm on my i'm on my computer i I need to focus go in your room and play i got this Mm -hmm. assignment to do i'm like please (laughs) when i'm at work they be like who want to do overtime i'm looking underneath the table (laughs) (laughs) in the closet like who are they talking to i want to spend time with my children I don't care. I don't care about how, oh, I need to make all of this money for this. I'm going to try trust in a higher power because everybody that's building up their 401k, I remember many crashes that do come and everybody account is cleared out. Now what? Mm-hmm. 2008 came, many people lost money in their 401k. Now what? You did all of that sacrifice and not spending time with your child and you still ain't got no money. Mm. So you know where's the focus? And now all you got is love, but by now it's too late. The child <laughs> don't want nothing to do with you. <laughs> you didn't taught them their whole life that they are secondary, sometimes third and fourth on the priority list. But now that you ain't got nothing else, now you want to give me a hug? Yeah. Fuck your hug. Fuck That's your- how them kids be. <laughs> That's how them parents turn around. Yeah. Be like what? So I I personally rather my white counterparts at work dislike me as a person because I'm not standing, showing up for overtime as much as they would like or doing certain things to upgrade my career as they would like. I, I'll take that. I'd rather mm-hmm. that and where I go home and my children see me as perfect mommy. Oh, mommy, I love you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I trust you, mommy, and let me tell you about this, that, and the third. I'd rather have a child that want to come home to me, want me to come home and want to talk to me. Right. And include me in their life. Because how they behave today will be how they behave tomorrow. So it's important that we remember that because we get so caught up with these stupid-ass careers and we forget where the true power and resource is. Money is money. Is money. But the mm-hmm. true wealth is in your health and in your relationships with your family. That is everlasting. Yeah. And we have to remember that. We keep comparing ourselves to white standards. And when we do that, that's self-alienation. Because you cannot do well in your career and do uh, if your career is among the white world. Unless your career is with the black family. 
your career is with the black family. That involves you doing everything with your black family to make that buck. You you want to come up for real, for real. Honey, and even if your career is among that white world, you always going to be beneath. That is true too. Yeah, because it's important that you give your children the emotional support that they need, especially in the baby stages. Because we're talking about the early years. We're not. We're at the first two years of life right now. Your baby needs lap time. As much your baby time. needs skin to skin contact skin to skin contact they need to see you looking in their eyes and you enjoying them not you annoyed that they're around they need to learn positive facial expressions from you they need to learn all of the things they need to know that they are safe and protected in your space yes and they need to know that you want them around and not just push them in front of a tv because you want you want them to look at tv in the living room because you want to look at tv or your own show in your room and trust me it's hard to love because i'm a parent there's many times when i just want to drift off into my own world and i don't want to engage my daughter at times but then when i force myself to remember hey my daughter is the shit <laughs> why mm-hmm. wouldn't I not want to spend time with her and I use that time to baby girl read read a book to me I just love listening to your voice well, let's go mm-hmm. over some math I just need to make sure you sharper than sharp you know what's going on in your world when you bring that type of energy to your children and they see it as wow my mom likes spending time with me you know that builds them even if they're not happy with it because sometimes my daughter's not i'm more excited to spend time with her than she is with me <laughs> but those are seeds planted in her where she understands the type of parent that she needs to be when she becomes a parent mm-hmm. my mama sat down with me and did homework i need to do this with my child you know what i'm saying little things like that it goes a long way and those are the things that Dr. Amos Wilson is trying to remind us because he says when you fail to give that child the emotional things they need to develop, you create um, different, you know, pro-social personalities, he say. Um, and the the different personalities that show up in our children chronically becomes frustrated. Our kids get frustrated and quit easily. Yeah, we are very irritable folks very irritable if we and especially if we because we like to show up as great all the time <laughs> you know we we like to we because we are great we are great mighty people well we are great yes and we're also taught from the time that we can breathe you know that we have to be twice as good as everybody else mm-hmm. just to prove ourselves just to be considered equal yeah and, in and the we, world Mm-hmm, it's true and it's so and that's something that we have to change too because i've been lately my my mantra has been with my daughter is that it's okay to make mistakes like enjoy making mistakes because that's how we learn mm-hmm. now don't make mistakes in a way where you can if you have made this mis- same mistake several times you want to keep making it no that's insanity don't do that baby girl but <laughs> it don't make the kind of mistakes because you didn't take time to think it through exactly but if you thought it through and you made a mistake and you tried that's a worthy mistake to make Mm -hmm. and that is a mistake that you learn from and do better but it's okay because she gets to a point where if she can't do it 100% right her whole spirit is crushed or if Mm -hmm. she gets corrected by a peer group or by an elder or by anyone she feels like you know she fell short in the family and I love that she cares to even you know feel upset because you have some children on your care 
mm-hmm. how how they show up. But I, it is a it is a point of rebuilding her confidence within herself that I'm still a good person. I'm still a good a young girl, um, even though I make mistakes. I'm going to be better. I may not be great today, but I'll be better tomorrow. So these are the things that we have to um, teach our babies because the, the the we we do suffer from chronic frustration, you know. Just even when we travel and when we move and try to purchase things or do things, we we don't have all of the tools and resources as the children do. We just don't. A lot of children and from other cultural groups, they have families on top of families that have businesses and resources, and they're teaching their children these type of skills and sets from early on. And our babies, they tend to have huge and bright ideas, but when they get started, it falls short because they don't have the same amount of resources. And that's when that frustration comes into play. So you got to put things in context and help them help remind them why they don't have those resources and who took those resources and how you going to get them back. <laughs> I put everything back on a white man. Don't feel bad about shit. Honey, <laughs> listen, my mama called me a little Angela Davis for the long time. <laughs> I got to find a new name though, because there's some rumors going around that she's lesbian. So I know. You be having nothing to do with that. But you know what? It makes sense. But. because the very people that they shine, they shine in our faces, be the people mm-hmm. that they um that we're not supposed to f- follow blindly. Because look how we uncovered how we should feel about Malcolm X. Honey. They, they let his, his picture go all around. And we didn't realize that they were encouraged because Malcolm X, he exposed issues within the nation of Islam that he shouldn't have exposed to the white man. That was their business. He should have kept it in-house. Honey, meanwhile, Asada Shakur, my hero. Yes. My hero. That sister was out. <laughs> Honey, out. <laughs> it was like, and come get me if you can. Oh, you can't come here, can you? Oh, yep. well. <laughs> and even when they lifted the band um, off of Cuba, they put the they put a most wanted out for her again. They still haven't found her. Still I remember have not. I, I remember, I mean, the what they've done to that sister, I mean, that's a good book, Asada Shakur, if you ever read it. It's a, it's a book that you should definitely pick up because sometimes we think we go through stuff and listen what they did to cuba child man they can't you know what that's a whole nother show yeah it is a whole nother show but what i would say about asada shakur what i love about her is that when she um uh, uh, she did she doesn't explain exactly how she got away in her book but she kind of just gives you like a brief synopsis and she explains that a portion of her getaway she was on a bus wearing a wig and she just felt so retarded. She felt like she had a chicken on her head. Like it was just something so insane. And, you know, she just wished she could just wear her natural hair. And one of the things that Sister Sharazad had said too, I think in our last show was like, you know, sisters, how can you truly be about change and you don't even love the person in the mirror as you were born? Because mm-hmm. this fake hair wearing constantly stuff is really like um, disappointing. I'm tired of seeing sisters with these weaves and stuff. And I got a lot of hair issues. (laughs) More hair issues than most. And I still rock my hair in a way where I get head turns. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's it's such a... um, And not even just about the head turns. You still rock your hair in a way where with all of your head issues, you still love yourself. 
Yeah. And I'm you still appreciate my how you dad. look. Mm-hmm. And my creator. Because I'm saying there was no mistake in making me. I don't need your lashes. I don't need your hair extensions. And I would rock them if I knew that the raw material and to the end product was all black. Right. So how does point uh, all of these fucking people um, that don't support me? And I mean, it's 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 so in the defeated stage we are economically. It's just a whole nother, like you said, a whole nother show. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson he goes on to explain how um, our symptoms of parental frustration, how they show up in our in our child rearing practices, and he goes he he starts listing them. One he says powerlessness. You know, the lack of interest in maintaining control over the child. You know, we have our babies walking around thinking, you know, I'm just not good at math. No, you need to sit your ass down and learn this math problem. (laughs) Honey, (laughs) honey, honey. And you know, that's my approach. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm working on a new approach. But you know what? I've realized I might not even need no new approach. I'm going to keep my drill sergeant approach. But when I want a softer approach, I'm going to bring babies to you, and I'm going to bring babies to my mama, how she is now. Not how she was when she was raising me, because she was a drill sergeant with me. And you need it. You need the drill sergeant teachers as you need the soft teachers. But all of, but still, those you still need the teachers that is not um, making a child feel like, you know what, I am defeated in this category. No. Yeah, you do the best that you can in this category, and if you're not showing me you're doing the best, then I'm gonna force you to do the best. And you also don't need the teachers that's giving out participation awards, cause what the fuck is that? Yeah, those extra Negro points. Sometimes our babies need to feel the hit of a failure, feel the hit of a left back, cause when you get left back, and everybody go ahead of you and you stay back, that's a feeling, and now you gotta play catch up. What you gonna mm-hmm. do? This whole no child left behind act, that doesn't benefit us. That hurt us because when I worked in the school system, I didn't even know there was two type of degrees. You got a diploma and then you got a certificate of completion. Honey, well, when I was going to the school system, it was more than that. So you got a certificate of completion, you got a diploma, or you got a regents diploma and the advanced regents diploma. Yeah, and all of those are good. Regions diploma, advanced regions diploma. Honey, diploma. they only good if your ass is staying in that state. They ain't good nowhere else. Well, at they least it's good. Mother folk don't give a damn. Well, that is But true. yes, yes, it is good. Yes. <laughs> Definitely strive for it. Um, because it puts you um in the it puts you in a position to take more classes and learn more things and it puts you um in an advanced category amongst your peers. Yes. Yes. It has some good. It has it has some good, but that certificate of completion, brothers and sisters that had that, they when they were applying for trade school and stuff like that, and they asked for a high school diploma to qualify, they said they had to go and get their GED. Honey, y'all could do was rejects. Those were rejects. So you had they put they children who had all of these so-called mental issues, because parents sometimes like to collect checks on their children. They sign them up for a whole bunch of programs and crap that they don't need. They just need more discipline at home. But they sign them up for all of these programs and then they get labeled with these inferiority academic problems that they put them in these special classes where they don't actually get a GED or something that's equivalent to it. 
equivalent to a high school diploma, they get a certificate of completion. So you waste four years of a child life where they could have just been in GED classes mm-hmm. <laughs> and just got, and went that route. So it's, it, is, it is a shame. He also explains another parental frustration symptom that shows up in child rearing practices is the inability to delay gratification. Our babies don't need to wake up in the morning and drink Kool-Aid and eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. Just because they want it is not enough. No, you eat, you drink a glass of water first. Then you eat some fruits for breakfast. You don't need to have pancakes and eggs and, and some sausage every morning. No, eat some, drink some water, have some fruit. Or have some oatmeal. That's when oatmeal, Monday through Friday, weekends we splurge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's certain things like that. It, 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 and regardless if the child becomes hostile, you have to know how to handle that. Because we have some parents that they don't want to hinder, you know, the, the, the pleasure of their child being in like with them. I let my child know all the time, I ain't your friend. I'm your mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with being your mother. And I want you to trust me and, and for you, and I want to trust you, but I'm not trying to be a friend to you. And don't see, don't look for me to be a friend. He goes on to explain apathy. He says that some of our parents who show um, frustration in child rearing practices is that they fail to take a deep interest in the child development. They mm-hmm. neglect the child mental, physical, and emotional well-being. So they, you got parents, I feed, clothe, and shelter him. What else he need? Exactly. Like, what, 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 girl, what else the fuck did you need? <laughs> what else do you need now? Don't you got a whole laundry list of things that you need to be sufficient in this world? Mm-hmm. So that is a problem. We need to stay, um, become more in tune to the, the needs of our children. What are, what are the things that they need? What are the things that resonate with them? Maybe there may be you putting them in dance class, but they love to draw. Mm-hmm. Maybe they stop teaching them to accept, you know, to settle for less. Because that's, that's ultimately what you're doing. Yeah, but he also mentioned denial of worthing, worthness of social goals. So you have parents who are not interested in being socially acceptable model for child to imitate. Mm-hmm. So they show a disdain for social institutions, for child social strivings. Um, they teach the child that social mobility is not worth fighting for. You often see that in the parents who can't read who can't read themselves and be like, man, fuck that school. Uh-huh. You tell that teacher, I said, <laughs> you'd be like, bro, write it down. <laughs> Can you write uh-huh. it? Need to borrow though. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's failure because you gotta learn how to work with people. Mm-hmm. You have to. You can't do everything by yourself. It's it, it, it's a shame, but you have a lot of parents. On that. I mean, he goes on and on. I don't think it's worthy to go. You got to get the book. No, you got to get the book. You got to get the book. But he goes on and on. And these are things that we see within our family structure. You know, there's certain parental styles that you see that show up in family. You be like, hold up. <laughs> that don't look right. <laughs> One know? thing I will mention that he did say, though, that unrealistic striving. Oh, yes. If you are whatever if you're a doctor and you just want your child to be a doctor and your Mm -hmm. doctor i mean not your doctor and your child is like i have no desire to study medicine Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But maybe your child wants to be a lawyer. Or maybe your child wants to be a uh, um, woodscraftman. Don't deter your child from the things that they want to be who you want them to be in such a way that you like dismantle who they are and who they feel they are. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just too much. Yeah. And it's and and I get it because sometimes you want to put things in perspective. Cause I had when I was raising my nephew, he said that he wanted to be a singer and he wanted to be a dancer. And that was it. And and he oh he wants to be an attorney too. And I gave him, I came at it in a way where I was like, yo, brother, you can do all of that, but you still need to do something else that's gonna ensure that you can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because and that's sing- okay. Because the singing aspect, you know, you don't. I'm trying to put you in singing classes. You don't want to do it, <laughs> so that ain't gonna work. The dancing aspect, you you do well in dancing, but you don't like working with other people, so that ain't gonna work. That could be a hobby, and then right. As as but I'm now talking, imagine if, um, imagine if the world, if the roles were reversed for those of it who are. So let's say he didn't want to sing, but you wanted him to sing, so you put him in all the singing lessons. Mm-hmm. You put him in all the singing classes and told him he gonna sing no matter what. No, like, yeah, that's that unrealistic strive. Yeah, and you and and, and it is that unrealistic strive. And also be mindful to tell your kids too that if they're not pre- pre- preparing themselves, because one of the things that uh, is a pet peeve of mine is that when you ask a young child, like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" or you know, "What are your interests are." And they say something totally different what they actually do. Like my mm-hmm. nephew, he used to say, I want to be an attorney. But he never liked to read. And he didn't mm-hmm. like to argue. <laughs> and it was like, bro, okay. <laughs> Is this something that you really want? Or you just picked up and you've been saying it for so long, you just like, I'm going to stick to this story. <laughs> Honey, there's some grown folk like that too. <laughs> you know, be realistic. And, and this is where it comes into play where you learn your children because one of the gifts that he had that he didn't even recognize is that he can build anything. Anytime I bought something that needed to be built, he built it and it was perfectly done. Mm-hmm. And he was under, you know, at the, age, at the age of 10, 11, 12, building furniture pieces within a home that's, that was well done. That You would thought an adult did it. And that came to him naturally. So, you know, I was trying to encourage him to go into carpentry or electrician, something that was detailed in building because that was his natural knack. But yes, we have to learn our babies um, and identify how we're showing up in a way where if we're being frustrated or if we're, um, you know, building them into a space of, of true um, ability because a lot of times our babies are not thought of more than just to feed, clothe, and shelter them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he goes on to explain that within the restricted nature of the Black world, that the white game that we play, the maturing um, Black individual, he's prevented from a lot of economic and political factors. And he goes on to explain that, you know, in this in this world, um, there's a lot of deficiencies that occur because within the superficial white behavior, 
um, they're able to maintain academic success <laughs> and become professional doctors and lawyers and brilliant scientists. But for us, even with all of the credentials, it may not happen for us. Mm-hmm. And um, in a lot and that's of that time, white wall, that white wall, and he said a lot of it is due to the fact that we are not masters in um, linguistics and graphical reading and writing, lexical vo- vocabulary, semantics, meaning, um, syntax. How could we grammar. be? We don't even know where the hell we come from. Yeah. So, and this is their work with certainty, right? With certainty. Yeah. And 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 you'll be amazed at how many of us are illiterate and just mm-hmm. covered it up throughout the years because the teachers don't care in these European schools. They'll just keep passing you. As long as you show up and you nice and you smile, they'll give you a 70. They'll forge the grades. Yeah. How many of us learn to memorize words when we see them? Yeah. And not really know how to sound out words. So and when you have, like I have a cousin of mine who is excellent in doing hair. I mean, she um, did, she went to um, the cosmetology school, did the classes, but when it was time to take the, the test to become licensed, she never showed up. And I didn't understand why she did until I realized that she's illiterate. She mm-hmm. didn't feel comfortable taking the exam. She was able to do all of the hands-on work, but when it came time to actually do the state exam, she psyched her own self out. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's many of us that are in that world, in that space, and it's important that as parents... And you know what? I ain't even gonna hold you. We have to um, figure out how we gonna help that cousin, right? Because that's something girl doing here... Listen, reading is so important. How in the hell is you supposed to be um, reading the warning labels... And you don't know really what they say. Yeah. Well, you know what people, unfortunately, you can only help those that want to be helped. That's true. And, you know, I've encouraged her plenty of times to, you know, that I would help. I even found an adult literacy program that, you know, I encourage her to take because they have programs like that where you can learn how to read, um, uh, and you know, in, in as an adult, mm-hmm. and she didn't, you know, she felt uncomfortable because it's a prideful thing. So, you know, if she ever comes to me and says she needs assistance in that world, I know of a good program, but nope, she decides to just move on with life, not knowing. And mm-hmm. I, and I, I can't even imagine how that feels because, you know, just me and with the knowledge of knowing how to fight for myself and my rights. I issued it on often <laughs> where I have to constantly write a review or, you know, a comment or make phone calls and explain why certain things have to be done this way. And, you know, she can't even do that. Mm. So um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he explains that, you know, these restricted black worlds, you know, it, it does affect us in a way that it controls our brain computer in our mind and body to a space that we end up terminating our ability to do things because we just lack the um, the the mindset to compete in that world among whites. Mm-hmm. And he says that you you know ultimately when you read his other books or listen to his lectures, 
you know, he don't even want us to be competing with whites, but for us to learn how to work with ourselves. Um, but he explained how, what we currently practice and how it, how it's all messed up and what we should do to fix it. And mainly it's just being aware of how we show up dysfunctional. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he also goes in to explain our behavioral patterns and how necessary it is for us to fix them in order for us to achieve and adjust to the white dominated world. Because how we socialize our children can eventually help them in a way to understand how to maintain self-pride and confidence and self-knowledge of self. If not, then it's going to create a schizoid, frustrated, restricted child. As we just talked about. Yeah, and we don't want that. So it is our job to properly socialize our child. And if we're absent in doing so, then the established system will definitely (laughs) instill their own um, values and attitudes within our child. And that, again, creates that frustrated schizoid child, which we're trying Mm -hmm. to avoid. And he reminds us that, you know, some of our parental attitudes, and this is something that, you know, I just had a baby. And one of the things that I did is look at the ears of my child to see how dark my baby was and not to be alarmed and afraid of it, but to be excited and rejoice of the melanin because I mm-hmm. wanted a chocolate baby. I was praying for a chocolate baby. I was hoping the baby came out darker than both of us, <laughs> both <laughs> of the parents. So, you know, he explains that, you know, a lot of times parents reject our kids off of skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, the same, same old insults. Um, and again, this goes back to self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. So we insult our baby's skin. It's like insulting the child itself. And there's no um, there's no difference in the two. And when we see that happening, and, and I, I mean, personally, I tend to, when I see a dark-skinned child, I tend to glow them up, like, oh, ooh in my world. So if I walk by and I see a dark child with her family, I'll make a comment like, damn, you're a beautiful baby mama. You know, mm-hmm. not maybe not baby mama, but <laughs> mama's baby. You know, something sweet to identify like, I see you and mm-hmm. you're gorgeous. I remember when I was a little girl, uh, um, <laughs> some man, I don't know who he was, I was walking home from school and he said, sister with that nose. <laughs> He said, you got a huge nose and I love it. And I love you. Keep that nose. And that was so long ago. And I don't know who he was, but I appreciate that. Because there was a time when I didn't think I was so pretty because I was comparing myself to light skin, long hair, thin nose, thin lip individuals. Mm -hmm. And as as a standard of beauty until I became aware of who who I was and realized listen we all have some things because you know I'm brown skin but it took a little it took a while for my lips to grow in honey (laughs) for a minute I was (laughs) like what the hell is going on up in here (laughs) where I get why my lips not full (laughs) like cousin lips why my lips not full (laughs) like daddy lips why my lips is just regular I was like girl no and then my bottom lip plumped up a little bit. I was like, okay. 
I see you. Yeah. And isn't it <laughs> so funny, like, you know, because you have that. I've, I've heard a sister friend of mine say that she's the lights, she's the lightest of all her family. So she used to feel very insecure because she wasn't brown. She mm-hmm. was white skinned and all her family members was very dark skinned and she wanted to be brown. Mm-hmm. You know, so we come in so many different shades and colors and there's so much frustrations that happen within us. And, you know, it is sad that we continue to play the white man game by even judging on skin tone. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say me being so happy about my child being dark that I can't praise a child that is light skin because I have light skinned children in my family that I love and adore. It's just mm-hmm. that in the system that is, they currently make and reject the child with the with the child with the darkest skin. They make them feel inferior. So I do my own personal due diligence to ensure that that baby feel loved too because they're not going to see themselves in the in 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 the media or Uh within the in the the school books and dr amos wilson he explains that you know unfortunately children who possess negroid features they are rejected more so than those who have a caucasoid look they're more accepted by the black community and that's something that we have to fix in itself stop favoring the lighter skinned children right that is a disease that is a horrible disease. We need to love all of our babies and embrace them all, regardless of their complexion. And when they are darkest skin, that is the standard. I tell my daughter all the time, when you are in a position to start choosing a mate, I hope you find the darkest one that's good to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that is, he, he carries the, the genetic gene pool of genius. That, that richness of melanin, everybody wants. Everybody mm-hmm test tube baby they try to make us pull us in and you know or this whole organ um farming and um all of this um constantly doing these experiments on us in the past and in with the current with these vaccinations i mean we've always been the white man's prize everybody want to use and and take from but don't want to pay for it honey and it's important. Don't want to care for it either. Or care for it. Or love on it. Just continue to rape it and, and use all of the essence of it. And then act like they didn't get it from us. You know? Mm-hmm. So when you're in a position to choose, choose the best of you. And I hope it comes in a dark skin package. <laughs> and if not, that's fine too. But that's the goal. One of the things he mentions when he says, according to Harrison Ross, whoever that is, when white folks have babies, they rarely ever mention skin color. But honey, mm. they notice when that baby come out brown, though. Yes, that's they when do. they start mentioning. Mm-hmm. That's when they go, who, who, who? Yeah. Who black baby that is? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of work. And this is old work. You know, like we're still talking about this. And the mm-hmm. reason is, is because we don't have a counteraction plan to um, control the systematic racism that is bestowed upon us. They spend a lot of money making sure they control us in our thinking and what we engage in and what we talk about and what we invest in. They ensure that we they keep us in a bubble. We, in return, don't do the research that we should do to ensure that we know how to com- combat 
these experiences and these reactions. And so in learning and doing this, we have to practice that when you see somebody in your family saying something that's inappropriate or whether they're in your family or not, you just hear it in your surrounding, that is your time to make a difference and change by saying the correct thing that's supposed to be said or putting mm-hmm. that person in a place. Um, he goes on to explain that we must remember that black parents and grandparents were brought under brought up under regimes where black was not beautiful so we're still suffering from the psychological scars produced by our own upbringing Mm -hmm. so you know be kind and understanding that you know some of our elders they're not going to get it (laughs) but it's important that you be the example of what it should be um he also understand that you know the phrase black is beautiful is not just a phrase it's mm-hmm. not just a movement it is the truth yeah it is because everybody try to be like us as much as they hate us they sitting that ton browning up to, to their level of brown that they Honey, them folks be orange <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's their way of trying honey one of the managers came to work the other day and honey, I was waiting for her to ask me, but she ain't asked me. <laughs> she asked the other white folk um about her tan. Yes, no, I get it. I get it. I mean the work environment, you definitely have the most experiences with the inappropriate behaviors of our white counterparts because they just show up doing the same things where it's like I can't believe but you choose your battles it's like do I really want to make a battle out of this or I'm going to stay focused on what I got going on but we do need to study them some more because black folks we do look at each other more than we look at anybody else because we are it we are the shit but we do need to pay attention to those around us so we know how to compete um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he does explain that our black child trainings um, need to include us studying and informing and having well thought out lines um, for our babies to understand what's going on around them. So that includes us having bodies of studies and books that relates to child development. We should be studying and trying to be better parents and learning what that looks like in order to mm-hmm. be a better parent. He explained that we have to develop programs where we feed our babies the nutritional foods that they need to develop themselves, not following the white man's standard where we drink cow milk on a daily. Mm-hmm. Um, he explains that you know our babies naturally um, may feel um, inferior based on the system that is. However, they are not inferior and that the lag that they experience is due to um, language. And we have to ensure that they don't have that lag by making sure that they are reading and writing beyond the level of wherever they are. And that we can do that. He also explained that we have to define the white game. What is that? You know, when if, if my, somebody come up to my child and tell her, you ugly or your hair is short, well, why is your skin like that? She already know. Honey, it's supposed to happen. <laughs> be like, your nose is narrow. Can you breathe? You know, <laughs> I remember I took my baby girl to a um a pool party. It was um a, 
a coworker of mine who invited everyone to his home for a pool party. And it was a cool day, but he had the pool. You know, white folks can take the cold better than us. And my baby girl, she doesn't like the cold at all. So she was laying out on the side of the pool more than she was actually in the pool. And the girls, the white young girls were playing well. They played all well together, but they kept running up to her like, why are you laying out next to the pool? You want to get black? You should get some suntan lotion, you know. And she was like, why, why I want suntan lotion? I like being black. <laughs> she mm. was just like, it's okay. I know I'm going to get black. I like being black. And mm. to the point that she even correct me, she was playing on her knees or whatever. And I'm like, baby girl, you got to stop playing on your knees so much. Your knees are going to be black. She's like, why is that a bad thing? Mm. so you know I and I and I immediately shut up <laughs> I said you know but another day for me to explain to her that you know I just don't want her knees to be darker than the rest of her legs just for her own beauty purposes but I love the fact that she's still right, just to have an even work. skin tone but yeah just for an even skin tone but she was so strong in her feelings as to what's wrong with blackness I let her have it Honey, because after she failed that paper bag test when she was, what, two? And you ain't never let her hang that down. She like, look, I know now. Black yeah. black is beautiful, mommy? Yes, black is beautiful. And I'm black, too, and I'm beautiful. Yes, this is what it is. This is the standard now. Yeah, definitely. He also explained that we need to teach our babies that it's okay to speak Black English at home, which is Ebonics. It's okay to use slang. And it doesn't mean that you're dumb and it doesn't mean that you don't know how to read and you being ghetto. All of that is bullshit. It is our language. It is our culture. We adore it. We love it. Everyone else try to follow it and practice it. It is ours and hold true to that. And there is a time to be, you know, bilingual. When you are handling the business and you in school, that's when you speak standard English. Mm-hmm. But when you want to speak Ebonics or whatever and on your own time among your family, it is okay to do so. And don't make your children feel uncomfortable to do so. Yeah. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson, he goes on to say that in order for us to raise competent, independent, assertive, exploratory self determining happy children who are also pro-social we make the following recommendations (laughs) and he goes on to explain what those recommendations are and he explains that you know again that it's okay to exert control Mm -hmm. it is fine to um, control your child do so that is needed he explained that you need to find the activities that is right for your babies that they need to understand that they don't lose love from you by you punishing them but they need to do what is right because that is what is expected of them Mm -hmm. period um he explained that our babies need to understand that you know they have oh excuse me that we need to understand as parents that they have an opinion and we need to listen to their opinions and let them make choices sometimes and it's okay for them to do that as well um and he goes on and on. I'm not going to explain everything as in the book. Get the book. It is a worthy book. And of course, he ends it off with a whole bunch of resources and notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of research this brother has done for us is remarkable. I mean, I feel so... Um, <laughs> like, I don't even know how to even begin to develop this type of content. That's how well-read he was. Because the amount of the amount of resources that you would see written on the back of a book for the entire book, (laughs) 
he's doing per chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like per chapter. Per chapter. Per chapter, a whole new set of resources. I've never even seen a book this thorough. Right. Um, before, honestly, white or black. Um, so kudos to um to Dr. Amos Wilson and his spirit, because he definitely was a brother that worked hard for us. Um yes, so he was. We are done with chapter two. Yes, yes, we are at preschool years, the effects of race awareness. So this is page 77. So how are we going to break this up? Because, you know, these chapters. So I don't think we need to. I say that because um, this particular chapter is 20 pages. We just read 20 pages of half of chapter two. Okay, you're right. So we can just read chapter two. Yeah. Um well chapter three. We can just go through this. Exactly. Chapter three. Okay. So when we return, we're going to discuss chapter three, the preschool years, the effects of race awareness. Yeah. And I'm just going to um there is another another book of Dr. Amos Wilson that ties into this book. I guess you can read at your own time. Um, but it's a book that I was told from another sister um, that she said is really, really good. And it is called Awakening the Natural Genius of Black Children, second edition. Mm. So um, he has a first um, edition or the second, I, I guess. I think it's worthy to just get the second um, book because the first book of the developmental psychology of the black child I mean, he went back and revised that book to a whole nother level because I read the first edition first. And it's a good read, but the second edition is just included. The first mm-hmm. edition was more so like his opinion. And I guess he was tired of people feeling like he just sharing his thoughts <laughs> without research that so he just followed up with a whole bunch of research. Um, and I'm assuming the awakening, the genius of the natural, excuse me, awakening natural genius of black children he has a first and second edition, so you may want to check out the second edition if you want to get the full scope of all the research that's done behind. But um, yeah, Sounds it's a good. Fair. I think I'm going to pick up that book as we read this book, just for myself to have more to add um, mm-hmm. to our content. But yes, that is the plan, y'all. So make sure you get the book. Yes, y'all care about our babies. You know, up your reading. Say that again, sis. Step up your reading. Yes, step up your reading. Because I don't I don't know what's going on with us. Many of us feel like we ain't got to read. For every television show you watch, you need to have 10 books read. Yes. <laughs> Period. That's something. I, I tell you so much so that I'm at a point that when I sit down and watch TV, in my spirit, I feel bad. Like, yo, I got to make up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even watch TV comfortably without me thinking about what, all the things I should be doing. You know, it, it, um, it, it's important that we put that pressure on us, you know, because yeah. we have something much more to give than we are actually um, getting. And we are owed so much. And it's not going to just be given to us, we don't have to take it. Mm-hmm. So 
this is a part of us taking it back by at least understanding what has happened to us so we know how to maneuver through this world and life and be the example because that's all we're looking for. Be a better example. Once you become a better example, you impact so many people around you. People Mm -hmm. start following your lead without you even knowing. Just by simple conversations, you can just be taking a train and and somebody give your, you know, your child a dollar. And you say, baby girl, how much how much of that dollar are you going to spend? And your baby say, none. I'm putting it all away. Mm-hmm. Somebody over here that I'm like, wow, <laughs> I need to teach my child to do the same thing instead of asking them what they're going to buy. You or know? even um, instead of asking them how much of that you're going to spend, how much of that you're going to save? How much of that you're going to save, yeah. Ask exactly. a proactive question. Exactly. Exactly. That's where I was leading towards. Exactly. There's also a um, YouTube video of Dr. Amos Wilson explaining the book about the awakening, the natural genius of black children. So mm. I definitely want to check that out. That came out in August 6, 2013. So um, I don't have anything more to share. And we didn't do no breaks. We didn't. You know what? And that's all right. Sometimes our shows don't break, and that's okay. Some sometimes the content is so important, we got to get get through it. Yeah. Sometimes, not even sometimes. In this lifetime, we have had <clears throat> so many breaks, and yes, breaks are needed sometimes. But when they ain't needed, they ain't needed. Period. Hmm. No, definitely. So no break today. Get this work, and now you can have, <laughs> you can get to this music. Yes, yes. All right. Till next time, later, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Bundled in them blankets, get that peace before the world starts to creep on me, sleep on me. Oh, you're just too deep for me. Why can't you just let go and get by me for a minute? The record player in the back plays my favorite song. Get my tune through the speakers, let me put you in a zone. See a room full of people, find me dancing all alone. Third eye wide open, this is good vibes only zone. Got the garlic for the vampires, you get no taste today As the water levels rise, I just learn how to swim Face the giants with a slingshot, only option is to win The record player in the back plays my favorite song Get my tune through the speakers, let me put you in a zone See a room full of people, find me dancing all alone Third eye wide open, this is good vibes only zone Solutions in the ways into
I am not an inanimate object that can be picked up and placed down at anyone's disposal. I cannot be touched, played with, or broken at the expense of any unsolicited hand. I will not be delicately whispered to by any old face with a pair of lips. I will not be slipped into someone's pocket when no one is watching. I will not be bought, sold, or tossed for donation. I am not without voice, reason, or defense. I am not without willpower to not be treated inanimately. (laughs) 